So today is the feast of Saints Timothy and Titus. So St. Paul wrote letters to them and they were companions of his uh, in some of his missionary journeys. And what's very interesting is that uh, they weren't from the Holy Land, right? So they, they, they were foreigners. Uh, so Timothy's from Lystra, which is in modern-day modern Turkey. So like Paul goes on these missionary journeys and you see the church now is starting to reach beyond the, the, the boundaries, the borders of the Holy Land. And now non-Jews are starting to come in to this new Christian faith. And then the question arises, well, do they have to be Jews first? Do they have to be circumcised first? Do they have to be, how, how do we work this? Like, I mean, can you just be baptized? Is that good enough? Or do you have to be circumcised and then baptized and then you're, then you're good to go? So how do we work this out? So then there was a Council of Jerusalem, uh, which Paul attended and, and Peter, and they discussed these things. Anyway, so uh, Titus was, was present at that. But what I want to focus in on today is uh, what St. Paul writes to Timothy. That is why I am reminding you now to fan into a flame the gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. God's gift was not a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and self-control. Okay, so I think there is a, a danger, maybe even a temptation out there, that we think that in some way prayer and the faith and all these kind of things, it makes us look weak. I think especially from a, from a man's perspective, when you think of the rosary, you think of retired ladies. Well, retired ladies are wonderful, uh, but, but you don't think of 30-year-old successful businessman with a nice little tie and a good comb-over, not comb-over, <laughs> side-parting. You know, you don't think of kind of success in the business world, right now. And you just think of people who have lots of time on their hands and... Okay, well, I won't describe anymore. <laughs> it could be, could be dangerous. Um, so yeah, you don't think of you don't think of 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 power in the in the ordinary sense of the word. So, so faith in God can even begin to sound or feel a bit weak. Prayer, uh, even so, uh, in the same way, in the same way, can feel can sound a bit uh, weak. Just kind of for those who are sick, those who are old, those who are helpless, those who can't help themselves. So when when Pete, when Paul writes. God's gift was not a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and self-control. This isn't what we expect. We expect the spirit that when, when we receive the spirit, when, when, you know, when we have God, we have the faith, it makes us all kind of, you know, slightly smaller and our voices are slightly lighter. And, uh, we start to have a, an ever greater affection for flowers and uh, embroidery and matching napkins and side plates and saucers, you know. And, and that's what prayer, that's what the Holy Spirit does to us. It just makes us a bit, a, a big, what used to say in school? You big girl's blouse. That's, if a fellow didn't like the cold, you know what I mean? If a fellow, if a fellow didn't want to go training, he'd be, oh, go away, you big girl's blouse, the other fellows would say. So anyway, so that's, that's not the Spirit of God. The God, Spirit of God doesn't turn us into a big girl's blouse. Well, maybe for girls, that's, that's not, not such a bad thing. For a guy, it's a bad thing. Okay. We digress. Um, point being, okay, God's spirit is not a spirit of timidity. It is not a spirit of weakness. It is not a spirit of as soon as there's a problem, well, okay, whatever you say. This is not the spirit of God. The spirit of God is a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-control. So a spirit of power. Now, when 
if the Lord resides in, if the Lord lives within us, if the Lord inspires us, if the Lord walks with us on a day, if we walk with him on a daily basis and he lives in here, this gives me a power that nothing else can. This gives me a drive and a determination and, and, and a moral solidity that nothing else does. It also holds me to a higher standard because now my conscience is now much more alert of when I'm making a moral compromise. So it's a spirit, it's a spirit of power. Like, it's not just, it doesn't just give us rules. Remember that like, when we uh, embrace our faith, it doesn't just give us more rules that we have to obey. It, it calls us to more, yes, but it gives us the grace to achieve that also. So God calls us to more and gives us the ability to achieve more at the same time. Otherwise, it would be kind of unfair to set such high standards and such high bars and then say, off you go, best of luck to you. That's not how it works. So he calls us to sanctity, calls us to greatness, calls us to virtue, and gives us the necessary grace to achieve it. So we have, we have a, a power within us which isn't merely human and isn't merely uh, the fruit of just lots of human effort. And if I try really, really hard... Even in the early church, there was a, a heresy called Pelagianism where, where lots of people believed that basically you saved yourself by your own efforts. If I pray really, really hard and live a really, really good life, and if I'm a really good person, then I can be saved. Now, that might even sound familiar because it's fairly common today too, if I'm honest, that mentality. You, you know, you, I'm a good person, I recycle, I'm, I, I take care of the environment, and I've never, ever dropped a paper on the street, right? Um, I've never tried to kill anyone, so I'm a good person, so I'm good to go. That's not really how salvation works. Salvation comes through Jesus. So it's a grace. It's, it's given. It's, it's, it's given to us, but we must, we must work with it. So when God calls us to something, he also equips us for it. So we're called and equipped. Called and equipped. Calls us to sanctity and given the grace to get there. So this spirit of, of, of God truly is a spirit of power. Now you just imagine that in any concrete situation. It's really important that these things become concrete. Imagine someone who's struggling with any sort of an addiction or anything from alcoholism, pornography, infidelity, uh, gambling. Okay? So then we're called to, to have self-control. We're called to, 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 to not be a slave to these sometimes good things if they're used right. Uh, we're called not to be a slave to them, though. So, but in order to do that, we're going to need, we're going to need his help. And that's why even in the AA, right, the Alcoholics Anonymous, the first of the 12 steps is that each person recognizes their absolute inability to overcome this on their own. I recognize my inability to overcome this on my own. First step. First step, you're not able. Good. Now, 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 we're, now we're starting to walk on, on a bit of truth bit of firm footing. You can't do this on your own. Very good. Immediately, though, we have to insert how you can. If you can't do this on your own, how can you do it? Through God's help. Through God's help. So that way, in any of our battles then, in any of our struggles for virtue, for, for whatever it may be, we're not on our own. And this is just a, such a typically diabolical temptation as well. In all, any of our struggles to make us think you're on your own. Whatever that is, if you, if you struggle with, with, with loneliness, if you struggle with, uh, with sadness, uh, if you struggle with yeah, any temptation you can imagine, anything you're going through yourself, the, it's just typically diabolical for that little voice to come in and say, yeah, but you're on your own. 
you're on your own. Which is, it's, 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 it's so evil because it's so untrue. The Spirit of God that we have received is a spirit of power, right? It is a spirit of power, not timidity. A spirit of power. There's real power in this. Uh, I got sent a little message last night from uh, a person. Uh, I can't show it to you, unfortunately, because well, you, won't, you won't see it. But um, there's a picture of a knight kneeling down on one knee with a sword in his hand. And it says, the devil saw me with my head down and thought he had won until I said, Amen. <laughs> so, yeah. Like that, like that, okay? Because the spirit that has been given to us is not a spirit of timidity. We don't, you know, as soon as we see a temptation, oh, Janie, here we go. Do you know what I mean? No, it's, oh, here's a temptation, I kneel down, <laughs> sword in hand, and when I'm done praying, Amen. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> And but these, kind of, these kind of mental images, I think they're important to us. Otherwise, as I say, it seems like our faith actually weakens us. Again, it's a typically divine, typically diabolical temptation to think that our, our faith makes us weaker. No, our faith links us. We're divine in the branches, right? The Lord's divine, we are the branches. When we're connected to him, then what flows through our body is his own body, blood, soul, and divinity. It's divine power. So the spirit, it's a spirit of power, not a spirit of power in terms of the world. So it's not a spirit of this kind of boastful look-at-me kind of power. It's a spirit of interior, moral power. Do you know when, when like, the communists would try to oppress people, uh, they didn't want to create martyrs. They didn't, they didn't just want to, like, you don't like the communists? Okay, I kill you. You don't like the communists? You're willing to compromise? Okay, we'll give you a better job. You don't like the communists? Okay, big communist fan, good. Okay, you don't like the communists? Okay, we kill you. If they, kill, if they kept killing people, they created martyrs. And they knew that they actually solidified the people against them. So they wouldn't actually just kill them. They'd just make them disappear. So send them off to Russia, to a concentration camp or something. So maybe they were alive, maybe they were dead. No one really knew. But they wouldn't kill them on the spot because, as I say, it united the people against them. So they'd make them disappear or give them really uh, low base jobs, cleaning out sewers, shoveling coal, whatever it was. But just not, not, to, uh, not, not to create martyrs. So this spirit, they, they, the communists tried to break their spirit, tried to break their resolve, tried to break that kind of moral compass that these people did have, that what's going on here isn't right. What's going on here oppresses people in every way, shape and form, physically, mentally, every way. So they would fight against it with an interior power. They didn't have weapons or arms or anything. But it was just their moral stance. We will not. We do not agree. We will not obey. Moral power, interior power. But a power that no nuclear weapons could overcome. You know, in like this, this, this moral strength. Power of, the spirit of power. And that's why that spirit of power must be rooted in love. Because it's not a spirit of arrogance. It's not a spirit of, I know better than you. It's not a spirit of, I'm smarter than you. It's not a spirit of, I'm Catholic, so I'm right and you're wrong. It's a spirit of power rooted in love. So I, 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 I know the Lord. I, I love him. Because of that, I, I want to do what he asks. Because why wouldn't I? If he's a, a loving father, and if I'm a trustful, a trusting son, why wouldn't I do what my father asks? And so... 
I obey. And it's just this very, very simple, loving relationship with the Lord. And finally then, that brings us to the spirit of power, love, and self-control. Self-control. This one's difficult. Uh, this one's difficult today. It's difficult for everyone, but I think it's probably maybe even more difficult today because life is full of so many comforts. So today it's very, very easy to escape. And even this whole new, what's it called, metaverse. Uh, so for anybody over the age of, how old am I? Anybody over the age of 50, uh, apparently there's this new thing being developed where, you know the way you see young people like kind of walking around on their phones kind of all day everywhere on the screen anyway, but it's going to be a thing now where you can kind of basically plug in your whole life and, and almost live in this virtual reality. So you have your own, like it's, it's going to be a thing. There, 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 there are movies in the past about it, but this is, sure, we're, we're already very close to it, where people basically live their lives, you spend your whole day at home, in your house, in your bedroom, in your living room, but on social media, there you are so present in all of your videos and photos of yourself with whatever you're wearing, whatever you're eating, whatever your makeup is, whatever you're, even online gaming. You know, it's all, you're all in your home, you, just, you, know, you never leave. If you ever go to housing estates these days, drive through a housing estate, there are no kids playing out in the greens. It's really odd. If you've ever, ever driven through, well, I know, I know COVID hasn't helped, but when you drive through parks and that, you just don't see young people out anymore because they're just at home on screens, living their life virtually. This is where we're going. Like, it's, it's, it's very strange. It's, but self-control, I, I choose to live in the real world. I choose to engage with real people. I choose to have real friends. I choose to talk. I choose to renounce my own desire just for comfort. I choose to go out in the cold to get a bucket of turf or wood for the fire, even though there are other people in the house who could do it. I do it. I renounce myself, just I renounce that small little bit of comfort. I renounce the warm seats, the comfortable seats, the whatever it is, just, all, just choosing to do something that's a little more difficult. That's, that's much more difficult these days because life is just so easy in many respects. Or life is just so comfortable rather than easy. It's comfortable. So self-control is, is becoming a real, a real problem. So, how do we combat all these things? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. Not a spirit of timidity. A spirit of power and love and self-control. And so we ask the Lord today now, through the prayers and intercession of Saints Timothy and Titus, to strengthen us and to, to, to really solidify in us this, this absolute conviction, not just a kind of a nice fuzzy belief, a conviction that the Holy Spirit that we have received in virtue of our baptism and confirmation is a spirit that gives me everything I need. It's a spirit of power. So for all of your battles, this is a spirit of power that you have received. For all of your battles, this is a spirit of love that you have received. Whenever you find it difficult to love even yourself or someone else or God, the spirit that you have received is a spirit of love. And the spirit that you have received is a spirit of self-control. You lack nothing. Believe it. Believe that what you have is sufficient for all of your battles. So when the devil thinks he's won because your head is bowed, raise your head and say Amen. <laughs>